You know, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Even on days that you don't think that maybe you don't even think you're born again, he doesn't leave you. And wherever you go, his presence goes with you. And I found out through my years that if I praise him and during my storms. Instead of running in my mouth, it makes a difference. Mm. And we joke a lot about going to Walmart, you know, we always pray before we get in there. But even when you're in there, you're just praising the Lord. And I had to confess this past week I was in the Walmart trying to find items I never purchased before. I couldn't find them. And three times I stopped three individuals who does that online shopping for people. And all three times, the younger folks, they were so polite, and they took me right to what I wanted. So I thank God for my prayers. Amen? It's awesome. But I know life is a lot more than what Walmart is. But if God can even do that for me, which is very minor, what else can He do for me? What should I put this? What has He already done for us? You know? And sometimes life can get you busy and we forget what He's already done for us. You know, He rescued us, He saved us. Jesus died for our sins. And every one of us here who are born again, think of it, you have His name that's above every name as your authority, as your power. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the Word of God. Wow. There's not an enemy out there who can take you down if you stand on the Word. Well, sometimes we get weary, don't we? We get thumped on a few times. But you just keep getting back up again. The devil wants to keep you down. But God ain't going to let you stay down there. As long as you don't want to be down there. Amen? Amen. You know, we're going to continue to, from last week's message, but, you know, one thing about the Word of God, I got a Bible somewhere, don't I? There I go. Preach about the Word, don't have the Bible myself. But the Word of God is is awesome. You want to turn the lights up for me, please? To learn to trust in the Word of God and, and absorb it. And just consume all of it. Now, are you at the part in your life where boy, you just can't can't make it through a day without reading the Word of God? You just can't make it through a day without praying? You know, over that point or be the point where your day is just terrible if you don't have the Word of God refreshed in your mind. That's awesome. That's where you're at. Because you want more and more of them. And the more you have in your life, the, the more powerful your prayer life is going to be. But also, the more the devil is going to come after you. But he ain't nobody. He's just a fallen angel. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have God Himself living inside of you. We shared last week uh, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him. He will make your paths straight. Mm. Don't lean on your own understanding. You know, we read the Scriptures sometimes and say, Yeah, but, you know, but I think it's this way. And the Word of God says this. Paul, thou shalt not drink coffee in front of the pastor unless you got an extra cup. Yeah. 
I'm just kidding. But when the Word of God is presented to us, here's the Word. There can be no buts attached to it. That's the Word. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Now, if you're here today, you haven't decided to follow Jesus. Hey, we're glad you're here. Glad you're hearing the Word of God. But for those who have followed, decided to follow Christ and receive Him as your Savior and Lord, we look at that Word and we oh, wow. God, I don't know if I can do that or not. I need your help. He said, now you're getting it. We can't live a life for Jesus without the Holy Spirit with us. We can do things in the flesh over and over again. You know, you know for example, you go on a diet. The diet goes really well for a little while. Then you fall off of it, right? Well, if you had somebody walking behind you all the time, slapping your fingers every time you grab a cookie, how much easier would it be? Pretty easy. Well, the Holy Spirit don't slap you. But we confess our, our love for Christ and follow Him. When we start to walk in that sin pattern, He's going to stop you. Hey, are you sure you want to do that? Now, you still have your free will, don't you? You can still decide whether or not you want to do that sin, but at least He stopped you up front. Because He knows how derogatory, how terrible the effects that sin has in our life. And He doesn't want that for us. So, He gives us an awesome book, and we call it the Holy Bible. As you know, we say, well, the Bible, but it's the Holy Bible. What's the difference? Bible means what? Collection of books. So I got a book at home. It's called the uh, Gardener's Bible. Okay, um, you might have a cooking Bible. Okay, but this here is the Holy Bible, and everything in here is given to us to encourage us, to strengthen us, to guide us. It's awesome. And as a pastor, I, I'm blessed with being able to bring the scriptures out, share with you. You know, some of the scriptures are awesome. They're all awesome, but some of them really get you going. Like, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that those who believe in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Because God did not send His Son into the world to condemn us, but to set us free. Amen. That awesome. He tells us, hey, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He tells us the wages of our sin is separation from God now for eternity and death. And a day is coming for judgment. We'll each stand before God. To answer that. But then we rejoice again when we say, God so loved the world. That while we are yet sinners, Jesus died for us. That's some pretty good stuff, I think. You know, like, wow, let's go on with that, man. So we start following Him and walking with Him, knowing the Scriptures are true. Then we come to one in Galatians. Galatians 5.19. So at times we can we can question ourselves, question our salvation. Am I really good enough for God? Well, folks, we're not good enough for God. We are righteous because of Christ in our life. Amen. And we're never going to be like Je- we're not going to be exactly like Jesus. He's changing us. Amen. We got a desire to be changed. He's going to change us if we want uh, more peacefulness in our life with God. We just follow His Word. We have that peace that comes in there. Of course, the more peace we have of God, probably, the more conflict you have with the world, because you don't want to do the same things you used to do. But Galatians 5.19, it says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, immense strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, enmity, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. 
for which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not preaching on those sins today, but the key word here is those who practice such things. Okay? So if you have a sin that you're practicing, that you want to get better at it, we need to talk. Because if you're practicing to be a better liar, he's saying, listen, liars are not going to see the kingdom of God. Or even in those scriptures tell you, gossiping. Or a better thief. Man, I've been caught four times, but next time they ain't going to catch me. I'm practicing. So, you got to understand, if you're practicing sin, trying to get better, you say, man, these folks ain't going to see the kingdom of God. But, James tells us, in James 4, 7, this is the key. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Ooh. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Oh, man. So he's telling you up front, the sin that's attacking you, there's going to be a fight going on. Okay? It's going to be a fight. It's not just, oh, I'm born again. And we walk away, and everything's perfect in our life. The old devil's going to hang on. You know? And he's just going, he's going to drag you. So understand this. If you fall into sin, get back up. If you fall into sin, don't stay down. There's a difference between practicing sin and resisting. That's way I can describe it. I'll do my best here. Anybody familiar with a guy named, well, Sylvester Sloan, Rocky? Anybody watch the... Boy, Marty Hamer, right up real quick. <laughs> Chuck, okay. What I love about him is he got, he, there he is, he, he wants a different life. He's poor, don't like we want. So you find, find out, boy, he wants a box. So look what he does. He gets in the ring around a trainer and he starts teaching him how to box. He does a jump rope. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many, look, 12 different Rocky movies, isn't there? I think there is out there. But each one of them, boy, he, he has to condition his body to fight because he wants to be champion. And I believe in a boxing match, normally there's like 15 rounds. But look what he does. He's in there as a trainer. You remember uh, his trainer? All right, Rock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> spit out my lifesaver. <laughs> All right, we got to do this, Rock. Okay. And so he starts teaching him how to, how to box. And, man, and, uh, and he's been in several fights. And people know how he fights. But then, if you remember, the coach or the trainer says, All right, or something different. Yeah, Mickey, thank you very much. Well, I'll teach you to fight Southpaw. Southpaw, using your left hand. So, leading me right left paw. So, when no one's around, he trains Rocky on how to fight left paw. Boom. That way, the enemy or his one he's fighting against doesn't have an idea. Wow, so they train on that, and they train. And pretty soon here comes a match. Yeah, he gets into my ring. Boy, I got him this time. You know, boom, 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 bam. Rocky gets hit. Oh, he gets it. Boom. He gets back up again. And he's in there again. He starts fighting again. I'm going to be the champion. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. He's going through his head. And you hurt. He swings. Boom. Here's a guy. Guy stumbles back. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Boom. Rocky gets hit. He goes back down again. And oh, thank God, the round's over with. He sits down. 
for three minutes. I think that's what a round is. I'm not sure. But he's not getting punched. It's quiet time. In the back of the head, he's got to train. All right, Rock, you're doing good. You got him running. You got him running. Trying to encourage him. Even though Rocky's bleeding all everywhere. He's like, come on, you got this. Why? Why are the trainer saying that? Because he knew what he put inside of Rocky. He knew the training Rocky went into. He knows the heart that Rocky has. Oh, man. So you back up again. Ding, round two. Boy, he's fighting again. Boy, he's all pumped up now. Yeah, I know, I know. Boom, he hits again. Boom, oh, man. He, boom, Rocky goes down. Oh, 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 is it worth it? And you hear this voice. Rocky, Rocky, get up, get up. Well, Rocky can't get up on his own. But what he's getting up on now is the sound of his coach, his trainer, saying, get up, Rock. Get. He, he stands up now, not for him now, more for the coach, because he put his lifeblood into into Rocky to train him. I can't let him down. So he's back up again, round three, round four, goes back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, boy, he's about ready. He can't take it anymore. He sits down again. He's sitting here. They're fanning him, you know. Putting stuff on his eyes because he's cut and bleeding. Even though he looks terrible. Alright, we got him. Got him on the rocks. We got him on the ropes. We're going to run this one. We're going to run this one. Never letting Rocky be down. Can you imagine? Round 12, you're sitting there and the trainer comes, Alright, you might as well give up. <laughs> you don't stand a chance. What kind of trainer would that be? Encouragement to finally fifteen round come. Rocky gets up. He man, I'm about ready. I'm done. But he gets up. And the, the fight starts. Boom, 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 boom. Boy, Rocky hits again. Boom. Now his eyeballs out there. You seen him before? You know, like this. Oh, back up. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you just I can't take anymore. I'm, I'm about ready to die. I'm, I'm about, I'm about done. And the head is thinking. All of a sudden, you hear in the corner. Now, rock, now. He goes, boom, boom, boom. And the enemy goes back, oh. Well, you've never seen a softball before. Boom, boom, boom. And next thing you know, Rocky wins. All because of the training and his heart's desire. Yeah, we got to say, Adrian. Okay. But see, folks, that is exactly like our life. You know, we're all here today. Maybe you got that sin that you're battling. Oh, man, you're really doing good. Boy, you did good. Man, you gave life to Christ. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get knocked down. Okay, get back up. So you're not practicing sin at that point. You're resisting it, but you get hit once in a while. Rocky wasn't practicing getting beat up. Okay? He was practicing winning, but he got knocked down while he was winning. I mean, look how short the series would have been. He got knocked out the first round to stay down. Wouldn't it be Rocky 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9? Same with yourselves. you got to understand. You're in a battle. Satan doesn't want to give up. Rocky's opponent wanted to win just as bad as Rocky wanted to. And the devil's the same way. He wants to defeat you, but he he's already been defeated. At the cross. But he'll lie to you. He'll say, Oh, I'm stronger than you. 
Sin is better than you. You can't resist me. And that's where you gotta watch out where you hang out with. You hang out with people who think the same thing. Hey man, let's party. Let's go. I mean, do you ever get tired of partying? You ever wake up in the morning like, man, I'm so sick and tired of what I did last night. If you do, praise God. Because you want that change inside of you. And that change is already there. He's all I am sick and tired of drinking. I'm gonna quit drinking. And so you go three or four days without drinking, and then all of a sudden you lapse and you grab a beer and you drink it, then you're drunk again. Okay? Alright? This is a new day. Shake it off. Cry out to the Lord, give me strength. I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of lying. I'm sorry of this. Whatever it is. That power, the change is already inside of you. Let God be God. Cry, Lord, help me. I don't want to do this anymore. And he'll give you the strength. Then praise him. Boom. Oh, you're going to fall down again? All right. You're going to hear, all right, get up, get up. You're going to hear the Holy Spirit say, come on, get up. Come on. I bought and paid for it. We're going to get through this together. Ain't no demons going to defeat you. Greater he is in you than me is in the world. Get up. But he gets up. Wow. Back and forth, back and forth. That's about a win. And that's just fighting one sin. All of a sudden, boom, you won. That sin defeated. No more you have trouble with that. No more you got trouble with it. And then boom, you get blindsided with another temptation. Wow. Folks, if that's your life, that's part of being a Christian. Amen? And he ain't going to give up on you. I mean, Satan isn't. He, he wants to take you down. But God will never let you down. We already have that victory. We need to be encouraged. Hang around folks who's going to encourage you. Not put you down. Stumble to get back up again. About one of us following Christ has never stumbled. We've got sore knees and elbows and everything else around here. But we keep on going. If you have that desire. You know, it had to be a he-man to have that desire. I mean, I got almost something different. And when we hear this Word of God, and we put it to, to play in our life, it starts changing us. Forms us to the image of the living God. I said earlier, we're a co-heir to the throne of God. Jesus, we share the same. And inside of us, through Christ Jesus, is that power to overcome any temptation. We just got to learn to fight it with the Word of God. You know, Rocky didn't say, I'm going to be a boxer. He jumps into the championship round the first time, did he? He had to get prepared for it, Okay. Well, we jump into championship brown, I guess you might say, with Jesus the minute we get born again. But we got 15 rounds to go through, and we got to listen to our trainer. We got to listen to the Holy Spirit. We got to have that desire to be victorious. And we got to have the desire because times are going to get tough. And sometimes I think mine's going to throw the towel in. You know, <laughs> my life was a lot easier when I was following Satan instead of Jesus. But remember, following Satan takes you to hell. Jesus takes you to heaven. And he told us up front, hey, listen guys, 
You don't follow me. You're going to be persecuted. People are going to hate you. Why would they do that? Because you love them enough to tell them the truth. You love Jesus enough that you just say, I don't do that anymore. I don't want to go there anymore. Yeah. Think you're better than I am? That's what a lot of people say. Not about me, about you. You know? No, I'm not better than you. I'm saved. <laughs> Christ has saved me from the pits of hell. And I'm so glad He rescued me. I, just, I don't know everything. I was going to tell you, man, He loves you. Yeah, what he's done for me, he'll do for you. Oh, get out of here. Okay. But at least you sowed that seed, right? And that seed, the Word of God, once it's planted, it will not come back void. The Bible said it will do exactly what it is purposed to do. Wow, that's awesome. But the Word of God, and, and it says so many things in here. I mean, I could spend the next three or four years talking to you this morning. But he laid upon my heart to see how he, how the word works, and we went to, uh, I think it was Matthew six last week. I'm going to paraphrase some of this. Yeah, Matthew six, uh, chapter twenty-seven. It looks like uh, before that, one. Uh, twenty-five. And he talks about chapter six of Matthew, verse twenty-five, starting with. Okay. Bless you. Back your head there. Uh, you just, no. This is Matthew 6, verse 25 to 34. He talks about, hey, don't worry about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food and water and clothing. Everything your body needs. Isn't there more to life than a meal? Or clothing, and it goes on and talks about uh, even the little birds. God feeds the birds. Not even one sparrow falls from the sky without God knowing it. So if He does that for the birds, how much more that He wants to do for us, those of us who are made in His image? But the key word He says in, But seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness. Seek God first. And the things that we need be added to us. Well, so how do we find, how do we seek God? Right? If you get your Bibles, you get your phones with your Bibles on it. We seek it through His Word, right? Seek His. The Word, yes. That means they got 30 seconds. No. So we look in the Word of God, everything in there, what I just read to you this, a moment ago. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He thought, wow. I found out this is a list of sins. Man, I'm guilty of one or two of them, you say. Okay. But through Christ Jesus, I'm forgiven of those. Now, if I want to practice these things, nah. But I need to resist them. And Christ gives me the power to do that. I think it's good to know that when you're tempted in sin, there's nothing wrong with you. Because you have a new spirit inside of an old body. Old ways have been developed for years and years and years. You know, I was 43 years old before Christ, I thought Christ came to my life. I had 43 years of training my body to do everything that I shouldn't be doing. And now God, has, for the last 24 years, has been trying to straighten me back around. And many of you the same way. Again, we, just, we shared earlier, nobody here is perfect. So it's comforting to know what you're going through as a Christian doesn't mean that you're not saved. It means you're going through. 
mean, how scary was it to cross the Red Sea? Can you imagine? Especially if you don't know how to swim. I know some of you guys had your fishing poles out, no doubt in my mind. You got their fishing going across the Red Sea. But they went through it. They didn't know up front what was going to take place. They were amazed, and they just followed Moses. Mm-hmm. Ourselves the same way. You don't know how things are going to turn out here on earth, but you know how it's going to turn out in heaven. Amen? So we just follow His Word, trusting His Word. And He tells us up front, hey, you encounter some of these things, but stay with me, He says. But seek ye first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So we look in the Word, and we shared this last week. We did share it, but I can't find it now, so. Oh. When He says He will provide for us, we look at His Word, and we were in Malachi last week. Anybody remember Malachi? Okay. What's that? Oh, you man, yeah. He tells us, well, man robbed God. He said that you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now, and this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will destroy the fruits of the ground. Nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nation will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Wow. Now, that's talking about money, okay? And that's a bad subject to talk about in church. People are like, I got off my toes. But I'm telling you, this is an awesome thing. I'm just saying, he says, seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness. As a born-again Christian, he says, listen, you're going to go through all this persecution, hatred towards you and stuff. But he says, now listen, whatever you have belongs to God anyway. He said, now just bring me a tenth, a tithe of 10%. Give it back to me. He said, I will. What's that? Yeah, I would rebuke the devil, the devourer. He said, I will pour into you a blessing that you cannot contain. Wow. He said, otherwise we're cursed with a curse. Now, as pastor, my job is and pleasure is to bring out the word to you. It's not my word, it's God's word, okay? Just so I can tell you about how, how you get to heaven and God will forgive you your sins and He's a healing God and stuff. This is the way He looks here, this is the way He looks at us. Saying a tenth. Now, and people say, well, man, I mean, if I made $100 a, a month, 10% would be $10. Yep, you make a thousand, $100. You make a hundred thousand, send me at the church. <laughs> but it's the same. I'll pour out a blessing into you that you cannot contain. That means if you can't contain it, you get leftovers, you get more. I can make this part here real quickly. I'm going to borrow Ned. Come here in a second, will you, buddy? Trust in me. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And don't follow your pastor. Hey, this is going to be a quickie here. I'm summarizing last week. Uh, Brother Chuck was here last week, so that's how... Mm-hmm. He's not here today. He's the end of the weather. But we'll try to show you what we was talking about. 
Can you get that bottom one for me when I need it? And, and maybe you know Ned Farms. He's a farmer in Chuck and he is. And anyway, right here I got thirty pieces of corn. Just again summarizing last week. And I, I give that the I give that to uh Ned. Now he's got a choice. He can go and go in his field and he can plant it, get an ear of corn. Where's my ear of corn? It's an air corn, okay? He takes, you know, one of these little guys here will produce an air corn. We used to plant three of them in sweet corn, but Chuck was telling me one of them will. So there's actually just 30 ears of corn that can be inside of here. Think of that. He graves his corn, he takes it, he goes over and feeds his cow with it. Oh, good. Well, next thing you know, the cow has a baby. Then you got more cows to, to feed. I said, "Well, I tell you what, just give me, just give me one of these little ears of corn here. In fact, give me three of them because that's going to be a tenth. There's thirty of them in there. And then he gives these to me. I go and plant them. Wow. So here, Ned, you have these now." Now just give me 10% of them back. So the next thing, roughly like this. That's 10% now. Look at all he has. Wow. And so the next thing you know, there, you can pull the corn back in there you want to. Look at that. Hang on to it. So then he gives me a he gives a, t a tenth off of it, and look how. Now look, every one of those is a stock of corn. He went from having one, and by giving, how much? You got? Can you imagine planting that? There's probably 150 kernels of corn in there. That's a hundred. Oh, you want to count? Okay. Can you imagine planting this now? And the stocks come up. See how they going to multiply and multiply. And multiply it. And that goes, well, yeah, but man, I don't need that much. And you got two cows. Well, you're blessed to be a blessing. Hey, Carol, in my office. Crazy. Tell mom. This is the best way I can describe it. He has enough now to take care of his needs above his needs. Now he's sharing with other people. Think that because of, of what he did. And God the same way with us. Give me a tenth, he says, of your increase. And I'll pour a blessing upon you you cannot contain. Okay. Listen, this is this is only for those who are born again. Amen. If you're following Jesus, this is part of part of it that we want to share. If you're not born again, you don't have to. Okay? But now look. That's it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So here we go. He planted it. All that extra corn. We did this last week. We have got popcorn. Look at that. Again, we, we shared this last week, but Carol told me if I was going to talk about the scriptures again, I had to share the popcorn. And so, 
And you know what? I went to Roller King yesterday, last night to get the popcorn. It was a dollar off per bag. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to grab one here. So the point is, you, you eat your popcorn. It's good. The thing of it is, Ned had a choice. He could have kept his popcorn all to himself, ate it. Next Sunday, he would get another popcorn, ate it. The following Sunday, but when I said, now listen, this is all mine. I'm going to give it to you, but just give me back three pieces. And you give me back three pieces. It was planted and produced now to feed the front row. Well, front row is gone. In this row. See how it multiplies? That's what God said. Trust me. Only time He says, test me in this. Scripture says, do not, te- do not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen? But He says, trust me in this. I have never ever had anyone ever tithe that God did not do what He said He's going to do. Well, if, I, if I tithe, if I don't tithe, that means I'm going to hell? I'm not saying that. But why would we even want to challenge that? I mean, this is our God. Everything you have belongs to God. Amen? He said, well, a man robbed God. Well, to me, that's a thief. Okay? And some of us don't know that. And we didn't realize, oh, man, I didn't know that God. And why? Because a lot of time in churches, they won't talk about that because people think, oh, the preacher wants your money. It has nothing to do with me. It's what God does. He said, let there be feed in my house. That's how the door stays. That's how around the world, the gospel traveled around the world. Pastor Peter and the orphans over there, all of them. You know, blessed because of your, your tithe there, your blessings here. You know, by a poor blessing you cannot contain. Well, you look like a regular farmer, don't you? <laughs> you can't eat your popcorn, can you? My, my cows haven't eaten yet today. So. Your cows haven't eaten yet today? Here, I'll take it from you now. You can put that glass down there. You go ahead and take your popcorn back here and eat it if you want to. But just, again, part of sharing the redemption, when he said, I'll meet your needs, that's how he does it. You know I me? Mean? Last night, I'm here last night getting the church ready. Charlie already had it set up. I was getting the popcorn and everything ready. And he comes to the door, and this lady comes in, brings in two brand new pairs of pants, my size. I mean, wow. I mean, in my entire life, I've been born again 24 years, being prior to that. From 2000 to this very day, I'd never had to buy a vehicle. It'd been given to us. My house was prepared for us. All because of the covenant we have with God. Now, it's not about the money, understand that. It's about the obedience to God. Everything we have, we use for the glory of the Lord. This car, I mean, I don't know how many vans and cars are given to us. Uh, because of God's covenant with us. And no different with you. And many of you can stand up today and testify the same thing. You know, only time I can say is uh, maybe I didn't have what I needed is when God blessed me with finances and I bought a new gun instead of paying my bill with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he puts it in your hands. You know, you get blessed. Okay, you got to decide what to do with it. Man, wow. Sometimes, and I've testified before, we had we audited by the IRS. From seven years beyond our tax, shouldn't have audited us, but they did. Got eight hundred some dollars back. Send it to us, okay? Okay. 
Yeah, you get stuck in your throat, I know. So the money came, I thought, well, wow, well, I better hang on to it. Two months later, we got a bill, I think it was a hospital bill, for the same amount of money that came back. So we learned that God always provides our needs, you know. But just hanging into that. But again, a lot of people don't know that, or they think, well, I know, but you know, I, I can't give 10%. Argue with God. I'm just telling you what He says to do. And folks, you're sitting here today. I don't look at anybody's contributions. I never look at tithes or nothing like that. Because I never want to be influenced by money. You know that? Never want to be. But in 2 Corinthians chapters 9, verse 6 through 12, and I'm reading from the uh, Passion Translation. Well, I'm going to go to Luke for us. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. You can keep eating. I'll, you can keep eating. I'll, I'll read it to you. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Where God says, Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes a measurement of your return. Okay. So you get your tithe. This is an offering, a giving, and we are only limited by the measurement that we give. Wow! So I got yes, I have a demonstration for that too. Ah, don't need it. My heart, I want you to understand that what the Word of God says. That's how He meets our needs in a lot of different ways. He lays us on other people's hearts. You know, people say, hey, I was thinking about you today. Uh, but here's a this is a fourth cup, okay? So He says, As you give, it will be measured back to me, but pressed down and overflowing. So if I take this here, I'll give Charlie a cup. No, go ahead, Charlie. That's flour, what that is. Okay? I'll give a quarter cup of flour. Let's say I give it to you, Sue. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. It's be kind of messy. I give that to her because I want a cup of flour given back to me. Right? All right. So, Sue gives it back to me. I'll tell you a third cup. That's only a fourth a cup. Why was it only a fourth a cup? Because the Bible says, God says, the measurement that you use will return back to you. But, so we put it back in here. But when Sue gives it back to me, mm, look at it now. I know you can't really tell the difference back here, but that is pressed down. When I gave it to her, you had air bubbles in it, you know? You just asked for a cup of flour, but then return back to me, pressed down and overflowing. Wow. So, uh, wow, okay, well, that's pretty decent. Well, next time, I'm going to give a, a third of a cup. And again, the same thing God says, as you give, it will be given back to you, but pressed down and overflowing. Now, that's the top of it. When you push it down, you have probably 
at least an eighth, maybe a quarter more room. Hmm. There it is, overflowing. Oh my golly, I tell you, that works. The next thing you know, you find yourself, as you're seeing that the Word of God is working for you, as it said it will, so you give a cup. And you get it back. I know. But you, you get the concept, right, guys? You cannot give God. You know? And so, as He, as he puts stuff in our hands and He lays upon our heart what to do with it and we give it willingly. Willingly. I'll read you in a second. He wants a cheerful giver. Understand that? We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. We get opportunity to share. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, I can make a difference in somebody's life today. He says, okay, well, Starkey, what you gave, I'm going to give back to you. But it's going to be pressed down and overflowing. Wow. Why then? Because the overflowing part, I get to give it again. And it keeps going and going. That's why you look at you look at different people. And you look at them and say, man, I wish I was a bus like them. Uh, and, you know, if you look at financial stuff, you know, well, what are their giving aspects? You know? Uh, ours the same way. Everything that we have... Oh, I do actually have money this morning. Uh, these are ones. But this... Huh? Oh. Okay. But you know, there's probably maybe $14 there, $1. Oh, I got five. Oh, but anyway, I carry... See, this belongs to God. That's your mindset. Everything I have, God, if I give you my life, I give you everything. This is His. Now, you might tell me, well, give this to somebody. He didn't tell me this today, though. <laughs> share this with the person. I share it. Oh, you might say, hey, Starkey, take Carol out and let us see a movie today. Just to, whatever it is. But the thing of it is, is let the Lord lead you. And then, okay, God, the gifts that you've given me, or I'm using them wisely. Amen? I mean, do you care? I mean, do you love it when you're children? You can bless them. The next thing you know, they went to a ball game or they're doing this or that. You know, uplifting. Now, when you bless them, let's say you have $50. I give him $50 to Ryan. He's in high school. I give him 50 bucks. Okay, hey, I want to bless you today. Oh, boy, he goes here and he goes there and that kind of stuff. The next thing you know, hey, Dad, I need money. Before, I need gas. I gave you 50 bucks, you know, put gas in first and then go to your ball game, go do this and that, you know. You hear me, son? <laughs> Always seeking the wisdom part of it. You know, but that's how he operates, God does, in his word. He says, he tells us here in, in second, where was that? Yeah, yep, second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 12. So here's my point. This is again the Passion Translation. A steady sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. All because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and every way, He will make you overflow with abundance and every good thing. 
Just as the Scriptures say about the one who trusts in Him, because He has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, His kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. God loves a cheerful giver. That you right down to it, guys. As we fall into the master, he wants a cheerful giver. You know, oh, I better write a check. The old preacher up there preaching about money. Keep your money. You think God needs your money? No, he needs your faith. You need to trust in him. That's the whole thing about it. The faith in him and trust him. And he says this particular area. Test me in this. And see if I will not pour out a blessing you cannot contain. And keep pouring out, and the more you give, the more you receive, in order to be a blessing. You know, again, a lot of different other scriptures in there we can talk about. I won't be doing it today. But the point of it is to show you that His grace, His love, His mercy, He redeemed us. And when He says, hey man, God's going to provide my needs, He's already got, set. He got the best financial thing I already started. But we got to have faith and trust in Him, right? That is what we need to do. And uh, again, I can testify for a half hour of all the stuff that He has blessed us with from His faithfulness with us. But whatever measure you're done, and again, you cannot give God. So, that's the Scriptures. That's the one thing there that uh, you say, well, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about it and see if God wants me to tithe. Right? Wrong. You had to pray about something God already told you. You need to pray that God give me the strength to follow you and trust in you. You know, you can pray about who you're going to get married to, or you. Pray, <laughs> I looked easy back there. there. <laughs> or what movie going to see? God, what movie should I see? Lord, show me that. But when the Word of God says this is it, this is my heart. It's not praying whether God you want me to do it or not. If God give me the strength, let me step out in faith to do that, and then watch Him. Wow, watch them pour into you a blessing that you cannot contain. And the next thing you know, you'll be coming in here passing out popcorn too, just like Ned did. You know? If Ned would have sat on that corn, never planted it, it would never grew. Seed corn, you know why it produces corn? Because it's corn. <laughs> Amen? It's corn. It has to be planted first. God, in the very beginning, Genesis created seeds. And they are reproduced after their own kind. So when Ned puts that corn in the ground, or Chuck puts that corn in the ground, a watermelon ain't going to pop up. It's going to be corn. Okay, amen. And the same way with us. He says, hey, listen, as you give, I'm going to give back to you. You know? Yeah. Trust Him in this, He says. Anybody got questions? There's no dumb questions. Why? Well, yeah, we get to harvest and... You know, people, folks come in, Christians come in to me and they want prayer to get financial. We've all been through financial problems, right? I think we have, most of us, unless you're a farmer, you got all that money. Uh, <laughs> they come in and say, oh, man, Pastor, you pray for me, my finances are, are terrible right now. I say, okay, I'm going to pray that the Word of God is true. And as you have given, it will be given back to you. I'm going to pray with you. We stand on God's Word that as you tithe, that he's, it's there, it's already there somewhere. You remind us that God already promises that. Amen? Think of that. So we God just increase our faith. You know? And next thing you know, wow, your mind's, oh, you're right. And next thing you know, you've been looking over here for that problem to be resolved. And the answer's right over here. 
Yeah. God, He's not restricted. When it comes to blessing you, He can use other people, other time. People that you think that had nothing to do with you can show up in your doorstep and say, hey, I don't know why I'm going down the street. And I, here's a gallon of milk you need. And there you are, you're just praying for a gallon of milk. You know, Carol testified about that at church before. You know, when the kids were little, needed milk. She had two bucks. And the Lord laid upon her heart, give the two bucks. He said, God, I need milk after church. Well, he said give, so he gave. And next thing you know, somebody give you a cow. Oh, you got a case of milk. Okay, I thought it was a cow, but okay. But yeah, just trust, you know, just trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, may the good Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His face toward you and give you peace. And may you walk in the victory that Christ won for us at the cross. And may the Holy Spirit rise up with inside of you and give you greater guidance. May our ears be finer tuned to hear that voice. And may everything that we do bring glory to the one who saved us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.